Thanks to everybody who supported the show this week via Patreon, including Dan Lane, Alistair Harding, Ian Wilkinson, Matt Lacey, Tim Edwards, Ilya Coelia, Roland Robertson, Jamie Holland. If you'd like to support the show from $1 per episode, go to 361podcast.com slash support. Did I, uh, did I tell you I keep having a recurring dream? Straight in there. Straight in there. Oh. Did I tell you I keep having a recurring dream that I'm a horse? No. That's four nights on the trot now. Oh, dear. <sighs> did you have that stored up ready? Yep. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. Sat in the same room I've been sat in for the last seven days. What, Blanford's apartment? <laughs> <laughs> My Zoom background today is still Shay Rafe. I, I like it. Okay. How are you, Rafe Blanford? I was fine. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile technology and the world around it. My name's Rafe Blanford. I'm Ben Smith. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is season 19, episode 3, and this week we're talking about the latest Apple news, what we're crowdfunding, and some app recommendations. Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Rocking. Very good. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Hello. Good. Bright and sparkly. So hello to you and McLeod coming to us live from Muscataman. I am. Hello. What's it like in Muscataman at the moment? Currently very dark and very hot. Very hot. Uh, I think about 34 today. It is cooling down a bit more, though. That's becoming a little bit more pleasant for me. And, right. So uh, it's at 34 yeah. centigrade, of course. That's right. Not Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit, but Americans, do the sums yourself. We can't, yeah. I can't be bothered for you. Exactly. Yeah. Use your echo, please. Exactly. 101. 101. Thank you. He did that in his head. Double it, add 30. Double it, add 30. Is, it? is that how it works? Roughly. Ah, so Fair it's not enough. actually 101 then. Okay, let me just check. Let's just check. check. Wait a minute, I'm going to check the Blanford. 34 yeah. degrees Celsius to Fahrenheit is yeah. 93.2. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'd say if, if anybody's relying on our podcast and anything we say to make complex engineering decisions or plan their life in any way pertaining to heat or the impact of heat, you've probably made a bad choice there. Right. So. I'm just, yeah, okay. but this, this, he got a first class yeah. honours degree. Also, yeah. it probably would have helped if I'd actually yeah. got the maths right because 34 times 2 is in fact 68 plus 30 is 98. Yeah. So, but it says 93.2 on Google. Yeah. So it's not very accurate, that particular rule of thumb. It works for lower temperatures, but not clearly Oman. Right. To be honest, though, like a true consultant, you said it with such confidence. I believed you and didn't even think about questioning it and going off to check. So uh, there you go. Yes. No, but I saw an opportunity to try and wind him up. So I took it. Mm. Rafe Blanford, apart from being wrong about numbers, how's London? <laughs> London is much the same as it was last time we spoke, but we're definitely having a long summer. But as we record this, when we first started doing it, it was still like outside and wanted to go out for adventures. But now the nights are starting to draw in so it feels like autumn's arriving Oof, it's strictly on yet i always feel like the five minutes we start at the beginning of the show where we narrate what the weather is doing and what the time of year is it must be must be very high value for people as they go yep that's why mark edits it all out <laughs> He's like, delete delete delete, Gold, delete yeah let's get all this in okay we'll save this for the end of season special <laughs> well i'm gonna do a test for rafe if you don't mind rafe it's 10 degrees celsius here in oman mm-hmm. what's that in fahrenheit uh, this is where it does work. I think it's about 50 Fahrenheit. Correct. Wow, that's amazing. You are amazing. Amazing. I'm Sorry. fine, by the way. Thanks for yeah, asking. I, was gonna, I, look, I wanted yeah. to get that done, okay? Yeah. Because Rafe is actually correct, okay? So impressive. Ben, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm back in work now, and that's hotting up, so that's busy. But I spent another week realizing that if you have a technology problem, nine times out of ten, the way to solve that is by giving Apple more money. So I've given Apple some more money for a device with some more memory. What did you buy? I have bought Mac Mini with 32 gig of RAM in it. Wait, 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 wait. Last week we were talking about getting Mac Minis online and I almost bought one. Yes. And you've gone and bought a physical one. Yes, but that's different. That's different. Why is that different? Well, because I don't want to use it as a server. I want to use it as my daily computer, my desktop computer. And what's wrong with your laptop? It turns out that if you want to have 1,500 Chrome tabs and Slack video and Skype messaging all running at the same time, uh, it grinds to a resounding halt. So I think we found out that my computer use is different when I'm at home working full-time 
on a big screen than I was when I was commuting yeah, interesting, around. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So yes, it wasn't my plan because I was going to hold out for the new Silicon Max, but uh, perhaps that purchase will be slightly delayed. But I should talk more about that later. But uh, more RAM is good. There you go. <laughs> That's my deep insight on computers. How many gigs have you got then? I got 32 gigs, which is about 16 more than I think I need, but it just means I've got space to breathe. Feels good. So, okay. Yeah. It's Apple RAM as well, so I know that because it cost me twice as much as normal RAM, it must be the absolute best. Oh, it is the best, it definitely. I'm sure it is. I don't know what it does better, but whatever it does in there, it's doing it at least twice as good as it would have been otherwise. I think you've paid it, so it must be. Exactly. I mean, I'm down to the right. Isn't that how we buy our It is, it is, exactly. Yes. Okay, well, anyway, that's some sparkling banter finished. Let's move on to the next topic. (laughs) So, first up, today we wanted to talk about Apple's announcement as we record yesterday. Now, this will go out about a week, maybe 14 days after the announcement, Mm. so there's a bit of a lead time on this. But we still wanted to have a quick chat about what Apple announced. And I suppose the first thing is to recap what it was. We don't do news. So Rafe, can you just recap what they've announced? And crucially, I suspect the new stuff is more interesting than just the products they've refreshed. Yeah, of course. I mean, one of the big items was that the iPhone has been pushed back to one assumes a late October announcement. So this focused on iPad and watch and a few other bits and pieces. Hmm. The watch got an update series six by oxygen monitoring then they announced kind of a watch se kind of low cost so bigger addressable market presumably more market share supports family setup so suddenly using an apple watch for kid tracking becomes interesting Mm. there's apple fitness plus which goes along with the new health and wellness sensor and exercise tracking which maybe we'll come back to and then Apple One, which bundles all of the Apple services together into one charge and you get it for less money. So that's Music, Arcade, News Plus, Fitness Plus, and iCloud, I think two terabytes. And then the new iPad Air, which kind of makes mm. some of the iPad Pro, particularly at the smaller size, look uh, not terribly attractive because it's got the new chipset in it, a small bezel, and a few other bits and pieces of updates. And then probably the surprise one in some sense is all the new iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS came out today as we record this one day after the announcement rather than coming in dribs and drabs over the next few weeks i think a, a few developers were caught unawares but those are kind of the seven headlines yeah let's back up a bit then i'm going to ask you each for the thing you want to talk about but because i'm most important i get to go first of course i was interested in fitness plus which is basically apple peloton is the best way i think to say it so peloton is a service where yes. Originally, you could buy their fancy bike and it had a special tablet on it and it does sort of instructor-led training and that kind of stuff. It's a very premium product, but it seems to be much loved by the people who use it. But they also had an app which would coach you through running and yoga and all kinds of other exercises, which was essentially just watching the video instructor Mm -hmm. and following the lessons. And Apple's product seems to want a bit of their lunch there. But I thought that was interesting because everyone had always said Apple wants to do more services because that's how Apple will make more money mm. in the future. But I don't think anyone had seen this one coming. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I was actually very surprised by it. I think it was a, a genuine surprise for a lot of us. And that, that's nice. It is nice to be surprised by Apple. I do like that. I think it's part of the deal. We do want to be surprised now and again. Yeah. I think it does make a lot of sense. I watch, I think, you know, I will look at this. This looks quite smart. I like what they've done with putting the Apple Watch um, stats on the device that you're watching. Because uh, when I'm doing my runs i i have my iphone or the ipad up and it is quite annoying turning your wrist and you know when, when i'm running fast to try and look and see just how how high how crazy high my heart rate is so it'd be nice to see that i think we can tell just by looking at you that when you're really running fast i doubt you'd have the uh, stability to look down i mean you would just be going at such a belt i mean you, you really are sort of clearing some serious distance but i think we can tell just by looking at you exactly yeah exactly the speed the speed so Rafe, I was kind of, oh, they've cloned Peloton and fine, like it's going to be good and it's probably a bit like Spotify and Apple Music. There's probably space in the market for several companies to do this kind of take. But the thing that struck me, and it was almost like a throwaway at the end of Apple Fitness Plus, was, oh, yes, and we have a program for if you're coming back to fitness, if you haven't done fitness in a while. Mm. And for me, all kinds of red lights started going off because that's appealing to a whole market of people that I yes. kind of really associate with mm. who are like, ah, oh, I really should do some exercise. But, you know, like I'm not ready to make that big investment. But actually, 
oh, I could go to the store and I could sign up for the Back to Fitness program and I could get myself an Apple Watch as a treat as well. And I'm beginning to sort of mm. buy into a package of stuff up front. And close my rings, you know. Well, you know, but I'm thinking about the gym membership thing of, you know, signing up and paying for the gym is a thing that a lot of people do. Not many people stick it out and go regularly. So I thought that was a great kind of little taster that perhaps Peloton actually doesn't have, does it? You know, it can be quite intimidating when you fire up their service. I think that's the thing that Apple always does. It's package up something that may exist elsewhere and put a bit of a spin on it and integrate it more closely to the hardware. And Peloton's obviously done that successfully with bikes, but is broader than that. I mean, I'd have to reserve judgment until we see some of the reviews and actually have people trying out Fitness Plus for a long time because they've gone after kind of 10 workouts, seemingly quite broad. But I agree with you if they position it correctly, like the addressable market for it and just the it's Apple, it just works, still has a, a broad appeal. But then you look at some of the other things like News Plus or maybe TV, and you think, oh, like, those didn't quite land in the same way as, say, something like Netflix. Uh-huh. And it's not that I think this will happen here. I just probably would reserve judgment. But I think what maybe tips it over the edge for me is this is a bit more closely tied to Apple-specific hardware, and the watch has been positioning itself in this kind of wellness and exercise tracking space for a while now. almost feels like Apple are doubling down here with the new sensor as well. So yeah, interesting to see it. And I think the way you can use it across multiple Apple devices and whether that's doing home exercise with Apple TV, using the iPad, as you and refer to, the stats appearing elsewhere. Mm. Also, you know, Apple was great at the tracking and now it's offering a service and that's clearly the way Fitbit and others have gone before. And that is what you're going to have to do to stay current. So yeah, that was probably one of the highlights for me. I like the fact that in the few minutes it got on air, they talked about an introduction to fitness and they said, you'll be able to do all of these workouts with just some dumbbells at most. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, like the barrier to entry feels low here. Oh, and an Apple Watch. You yeah. and what in the announcements uh, fired you up? I did like the Apple one. I was waiting for that. I know that I had been trailed. I thought, oh, that'll be nice. Now for the uninitiated, just tell us what Apple one is, or at least why Apple one's interesting to you. I pay for some of the Apple services. Um, Apple TV, I've still got free you know, because I've bought my iPhone. I have got Apple Music. Um, and I've got Apple News. My wife, uh, she enjoys that. I enjoy the Apple News. It's quite useful now and again. Do you subscribe to News Plus or do you just use news? Do you use the paid for? No, no, I use the News Plus. I pay for the nine ninety nine. Yeah. Because the magazine content is quite good and the newspaper content is pretty good. And then I, I use all my existing subscriptions in there as well. So regularly I will flick up uh, Apple News. So I, I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with Apple News. Watching the keynote yesterday reminded me I should probably use Apple Music some more because I tend to use Spotify. So I'm actually, I'm wavering now thinking, do do I really need Spotify? Mm. But basically what Apple One has done is, it's their new all-in-one, one-encompassing subscription platform. I went along to the right and down, or just along to the right, which is their premier offering, which is $29 for everything. And that includes the iCloud, includes uh, music, arcade. I'm getting quite a lot of value out of arcade as well. Uh, News Plus fitness plus i think oh yeah i'll certainly look at it so it, together it looks it looks pretty smart and i think um i actually went hunting for it today to see if i could sign up but it's uh coming in the fall i think yeah yeah i think the interesting thing here is the way apple packaged it up again mm. you refer to news plus and fitness plus that you only get that with premiere at the 30 pounds yes. a month and mm. we've got the usual pound dollar exchange rate thing family you get at 20 pounds a month but you can share it with up to five other people Applies to Premier as well, and individually fifteen pounds. Yeah, but you're talking about savings of sort of about six pounds, seven pounds, fifty, and twenty-two pounds. And actually, it's on that Mm. Premier thing. Going well, I'm already paying a bit of iCloud storage, and if you're Mm. already on Apple Music and you've quite enjoyed having TV Plus, having bought a new iPhone last year, I can see that kind of thirty pounds a month. People going, yeah, okay, I'll do it. It does eat into whether that's Spotify and a few other things. That's where my, my, my mind went straight to, do I need my Spotify? D- genuinely. So I'm interested to see when they announce the new iPhones, if there's any more kind of bundling, because for example, Apple TV Plus, you get free 12 months with a new device. And I assume they'll do that again with the new iPhones. Yeah. Apple Music, quite a lot of people get discounted or free initially with all kinds of different offers. My vehicle manufacturer wrote to me and said I could have 90 days of free Apple Music because I mm-hmm. had their car and my network provider will offer me integrated Apple Music with my tariff if I want it so I can get it as part of my phone bundle, mm. which is great, but it makes it difficult then to buy that 
mega bundle. So I'm wondering if they'll start to offer it as kind of discounted. Like I'm on the iPhone upgrade program. I think as one of their kind of better customers, I should get some kind of better customers. And I'm, every 12 months, I'm auto renewing a new piece of hardware. I'm, I'm literally signed up to do that. I would have thought that they'd want to roll in some of the services, maybe bump the price up, but you know, kind of mm. include it as a base level thing. But we should move on because we're short for time on, on this segment. So Rafe, what would be your choice? Well, I think you've actually gone for me for the two obvious things, but I'm just going to mention the iPad Air briefly because I think that's pretty competitive as a tablet offering. The iPad Pro had started to look quite expensive, especially when you could get kind of a computer for a similar price. And Ben's talked about how much he likes the keyboard on the Pro, Mm. particularly the bigger version. But I think this will cannibalize, I think it's a 10.7 inch Pro quite substantially because it's basically a better device. The only things you're really missing out on are the depth sensor and then the extra loudspeakers. And that doesn't add enough value for me because there isn't the AR content there to really justify it. Don't care about either of those. I mean, I, I think I'll stay pro for now because I love the 12.9-inch yep, size. and Which is fair. My 11-inch uh, iPad hasn't seen any use. I was thinking about getting rid of it the other day. The new one comes in some lovely colours, and I know that doesn't matter, but actually it's nice when things look nice. And I was amazed that they'd had the pro form factor. So I wonder if they're going to mm. try and take the pro range up the price bracket and make yep. the Air kind of a more premium consumer offering. But yeah, if I'd previously been sort of toying with the idea of buying an 11-inch Pro, I think the Air looks quite appealing. Although it's still quite an expensive purchase. I mean, you know, when you look at what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, and when you have to add in the keyboard as well. When you add in the keyboard, which if you want the full benefit of that experience, you're going to need and to. And the pen. Yeah. Yeah, no, it all adds up. So I think it's competitive at the high end. But also, this is about product lifecycle. How long do you have an iPad for? And I suspect looking back, this will be replacing quite a few iPads that have been sitting around a while, which actually connects into the services thing because part of the economics of that is people are holding on to their devices longer. It's kind of well understood. And so you might get the first year and that's how they kind of hook you into it. But if you're a second year iPhone or iPad owner, actually that's why Apple One starts to look a bit attractive. Actually, for the Apple aficionados who upgrade every year, probably isn't so good because you are going to get something bundled in, but not everything. So that $20 cost saving we talked about disappears. So it'd be interesting to watch that subscription and Apple would far rather you buy the new device. So go out and buy the new iPhone, buy the new iPad and watch because that's what has the biggest margin, makes the most money for them. Are you buying a watch then? No. What? I've got the Series 5. There's not enough in it to make me upgrade. Oh dear, what happened to you? I might do. I've got a Series 4 that I bought through my network operator for convenience when they were in short supply. The 24-month deal on that is obviously just running out now. So I might, again, maybe for the oxygen, blood oxygen level, which was interesting. Mm. And you know, now I'm doing a little bit of fitness might help me understand. But actually, because it looks nice, the colours. Yeah. To be honest, the one that struck me, and again, we'll talk about this in a separate episode because I think it's a deeper topic, was the family settings for the watch now. And I thought, I bet Ewan's going to get them for his kids because Mm. it's got, you know, kind of the ring mum function and the where are you function. Your kids are the right age. My boy is a bit too small to have something that fragile on his wrist at the moment. But I thought that was a really smart move to decouple them from the handset. The phone. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll come back to that because I think sort of children's wearables is a rabbit hole we could go down. So topic number two today, a bit of a change of pace here, crowdfunding. And we're going to say kickstarting involved in that as well. And I was curious when we were talking pre-show, I was just curious, you know, what are you guys crowdfunding? What do you kickstart? Mm. And what's your kind of, uh, what's your approach to this kind of stuff? Because I kind of flip between loving it because I get stuff and you get to go, oh, I've got the new thing, you know, and I, like I, I've got um, one of my favorite bags, the bag I, <laughs> when I leave the house, the bag I used every day came from Kickstarter from a bag company called Wandered and it's brilliant. Mm. But actually I've also had a whole bunch of disappointments as well. So mm. are you kickstarting anything at the moment? Are you crowdfunding anything at the moment, Ewan? Uh, no, no, and I, I'm sorry to say so, but now and again, I, in fact, you know what? I did unsubscribe from the Kickstarter email just because it was coming in every week. I'm thinking, oh. I did feel it was all these interesting things that, that you then have to wait nine months for. And you know, sometimes I'm like you, I do identify with the, oh, this is exciting and I do want to support this. You know, And now and again, I will 
visit Indiegogo or Kickstarter, and then I will go, you know, on the off chance, go, that's nice, I'll support that. I do very much uh, like your view of putting your money where your mouth is, Ben. Uh, so if you like something, support it, pay for it. Yeah. So I, I've done that a few times uh, recently, but I'm not doing it professionally, if you like. I'm not doing it on a regular basis. Because I do, I am irritated that almost everything that I have, I think almost everything that I have kickstarted, with limited exception, has not happened at all. Either it failed or there was a problem in manufacturing or something, something, something. And that just dis- disappointed me. But I do like the concept. I do like the concept, so I'm open to it. And then on crowdfunding, um, that's slightly different because that's quite connected to my work in finance. Yeah, I had to experiment with it, or I, I chose to experiment with a lot of the first services that came out. So I have used almost everything for research purposes. I'm a big, in fact, I'm a shareholder of Cedars, very small share. Um, remind us what Cedars is. Cedars is a crowdfunding platform here in the UK or there in the UK. Likewise, Crowdcube, I think I'm a shareholder in that one as well. I need to log in and check. Um, yeah, where is it? Where is it? Yeah, here we go. Bang, bang, bang. Your portfolio. Yeah. I think some of those ones are kind of highly speculative because it's sort of a micro-investment, usually in quite small amounts, quite often at an early stage. So I'm curious, Ewan, you backed a number of things. What's your success rate been like? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you. Here's my, my live investments. Okay. You haven't invested in any opportunities, it says. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Look, I've done Crowdcube. There we go. That's still live. They're doing very well. Okay. I just want to do some context. So Crowdcube's the platform that you can make these investments through and they provide the investing framework. Right. Yeah. So if you know Kickstarter, it's, yeah, Crowdcube is a Kickstarter. It's the website, if you like. And then on that website are lots of companies that have been uh, vetted to an extent. You know, they've had to provide a whole lot of information, but it's still your risk. And they're they're very good at making sure you understand it is your risk. Uh, You scroll through the website, find stuff that um, inspires you. And you know, there will be, I, I defy you to go to Crowdcube, Cedars or others and not find something that really does speak to you because there are so many great ideas there. And uh, you can invest, usually there's a limit, you know, a minimum of you know, £500 or £250 or something like that. That's a lot of money though. It is. That's not throw. I mean, when I back stuff on Kickstarter, it's rarely that kind of value that I'm you know, putting money into sort of small electronics or household consumables and it's normally because i want the thing you know yes. because i want the reward of getting the the first batch of the whatever they make you know before they take it to production right. but with crowdcube yes. it is more of an investment in the hope that you'll have a share of a company that will be worth something in the future that's right but it's also about making a difference as well because what you often see are um uh, social enterprise businesses you know, people that with a, a particular mission that you can align yourself with i think that's a very worthwhile cause so these ideas or concepts may find it difficult to raise money classically but then if you think you know i I like that i support that you can then give some money to them so for example i think i saw on cedars a um, company that's that's helping you get a better inhalation for asthma so if you're an asthma sufferer you might say well do you know they're raising fifty i'm going to give them 500 and and i'm going to help that business move to the next step. There's no guarantee at all that you'll get your money back or get a, a return. The fundamental, as you say, though, Ben, is that you, you, know, you ideally you invest and then at some point you get some money back. So I'm interested, international finance expert, banking maven, wizard, and uh, all-round genius, Hugh McLeod. Mm. Can you just tell us how those investments then are coming on? Let's set the social good apart because I know the social good you do in your life is incalculable. We wouldn't presume to try and uh, you know, quantify it. Well, thank you. Let's just talk about it solely as a monetary investment. We should talk about social good, by the way. I've got a lot to say on that. Okay, but maybe another episode. Right. Let's talk no, about no, money no. for now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So, okay. Are you ready for this, Rafe? I've done six investments. Six with Crowdcube. Yeah, six. Okay. So what's the score out of six? Okay. So I have three that are currently live, including Crowdcube, <laughs> the platform itself. Okay. So you were able to invest in Crowdcube. Yeah. As a product in its own As a punter, basically, yeah. So I've invested in Crowdcube, and then I invested in the Chilango Burrito Bond. Just because, again, it was from a, uh, I feel as though I'm defending myself here. The body language has got very defensive. (laughs) I'm sensing I can tell how that investment worked out, but go on. Um, Well, it still says training here, but I thought they'd gone out of business. Or not gone out of business, I I thought they'd been acquired by someone. It was the first time a bond had been done, issued via Crowdcube, and I thought, I want to support that. I think it's a good idea. I'm no fan of burritos at all, so I haven't actually ever been into a Chilangos, but I like the concept, and I just wanted to play with the Bond concept. 
I think there is two, yeah, two million, a two million bond. And then um, they started paying the money back. And that was cool. I, I don't think they're doing so well now. It says trading on my screen here. So maybe it's fine. Little Brew dissolved. Mm-hmm. And Little Brew is a, a, what, presumably a beer company? A small beer company. Yeah. yeah I just thought oh, I'll try that. Yeah. Dissolved. Yeah. Dissolved. And then Fan2 Limited. I can't even remember. I think there's an email company or something. Uh, yep. They raised 200,000. That's in administration. Right, so we're we're not doing well here. Pizza Rossa, a pizza restaurant chain. They did well. They they did their level best, those guys. They really, really struggled. They worked hard. There's a lot of past tense here. Uh, yes, because they're in administration as well. And then Disarmco. Now that is a social good. That's a company that's still trading that is making technology to remove landmines. Right, well, I can't laugh at that. That's good. You absolutely can. And they are doing their level best. It's, it's been difficult for them. I get the updates on a regular basis. And so this is a good bit. That's a good bit, right? I do feel connected to these businesses. I did feel for the Pizza Rossa guys because they did everything they possibly could to try and keep the thing running. It was a really good pizza restaurant. The Disarmco guys, removing landmines, technology to remove landmines, very smart. Very smart. And you know, that is to be applauded. And that's why, that's why I give them money. And they're still going. And I'm mean, very much enjoying it, you having sort of lost all of this money on these investments of these businesses that failed. But I'm curious, on the... Disarmco one. Mm. Is that the right way for those kind of things to be funded? Shouldn't that be a donation to a charity? You know, like if you believe in dealing with the problem of landmines, there are loads of charities out there that Mm. will, you know, kind of gladly take your money to campaign or act on that kind of issue. So, what was the thinking around backing a company? Well, because they've actually got a solution that goes in and removes landmines. It actually removes, it's not the charity supporting people who have been injured, which of course is really, really bad. But it was the technology aspect you were interested in. But it's identifying and then removing them. Really, really smart. So they're doing very well. And so that's why I have funded them. And I think you've got a point about, yes, charities, but they're making technology that help remove or destroy landmines. So I'm a big fan of that. So that's the kind of stuff you can do with these services. Okay. So we've learned essentially that you're not interested in Kickstarter, but you do like to CrowdCube and you are like the, uh, the small investment albatross because as soon as you pitch up, the business uh, nine times out of 10 goes under. <laughs> it's congratulations. Here's yeah. an investment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, should, you should come with a warning. <laughs> Rafe Blanford, do you do uh, this sort of crowdfunding or um, kickstarting products? You look to me like the kind of guy who'd be kickstarting. Uh, Something to do with plants. I'm trying to think now. Uh, some kind of concrete based artwork, maybe statues or. I appreciate that sentiment. I kind of looked at this micro-investing or the Crowdcube Cedar type stuff, and a couple of times I've been tempted, but there's nothing that's made me go, yeah, I really want to back that one. And as you've uh, kind of alluded to, sometimes charitable donations are actually a better way to support some of these things. For good causes, yeah. Yeah, good causes. So I haven't got anything in that. I've continued to kind of use Kickstarter and Indiegogo because like you occasionally there's a splurge on a kind of a small gadget and it's like the tale of regret that everyone has there was one for me that was in the middle of lockdown and i was worried that it was going to get really hot over the summer and i didn't want to buy a big expensive air conditioning unit so i thought oh look there's this 63 dollar next fan ultra portable ac and it basically was a fan with a water tank on it and actually to be fair in the summer it did do the job it arrived quite quickly and it was more sort of a humidifier and fan but it was a bit noisy but on the hottest days yeah enjoyed having it so i can't really regret it but can't see myself using it long term and there's a couple of others that i've kind of did because i want the first product even knowing that it might be a bit rubbish so the switchbot curtain which i backed back in february i think it was and basically it makes existing curtains smart so it's kind of retrofitting smart home technology I really like the idea of curtains that open when it's light and close when it's dark because I'm not very good about closing them myself. I'm sitting here with the curtains open. It just appeals to have that happen for me. Mm. And that's actually one of the more expensive ones. I think it's about $200 and I've got a couple of them coming enough to do the main curtains, like three sets, I think. So mm, I will report back on that in a future episode. And the other one is just sort of a personal interest. It's the Tempest, which is a personal weather system and it talks about being accurate updates over wi-fi and i've had the various oregon scientific ones that i described run on proprietary tech were a bit unreliable but this is one that will update things to the cloud 
and all the things you'd kind of expect. <laughs> Weather system that updates to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> well, indeed, but also kind of a smart sensor. It does rain, it does light, it does wind, it's pressure, temperature, humidity, it's solar powered. It's pretty much all the sensors you'd want in a weather station. When I've done it before through NetEtmo and a few others, you had to buy the wind and the rain gauge separately. So I'm kind of excited about this one. And it comes from a company that kind of has history in this space. So I think it's a pretty good bet. And that's what I'd say now, is I do tend to look quite closely at who the company underlying is. And normally I'm more interested when they're doing it because they kind of want the capital to invest in that initial production run rather than someone doing it out of their basement. And it's not to be unkind to those because you know there are success stories in kickstarting or indiegogo but i'm kind of more interested when it's someone a bit more established that has a track record because i just feel that's a greater chance of coming off yeah i need some kind of chrome plugin or some kind of web extension that when i go on to kickstarter pops up a big red box at the top of the thing that says <laughs> this product does not exist yet <laughs> but that's it like yeah i don't tend to do a lot of crowdfunding I used Crowdcube to back Monzo, the challenger bank here in the UK, back in 2018. And that was very much as you and said, that was a put your money where your mouth is because I really liked and believed in them. And I think, you know, they have their ups and downs, but thus far, that seems to have been at least a reasonable chance. But the thing is, I don't do a lot of, you know, traditional investing. So the idea of sort of my only investments being these kind of crazy high risk micro investments seems a bit off to me. I think if I was going to start to look for ways to make money, I'd perhaps be a little bit more conservative and take some financial advice from a professional. Mm. I have in the past used Indiegogo and Kickstarter and live to regret it. And um, we're a bit short for time. So I think I'm going to be spared my blushes. But oh, come on. I would say the majority of the products that I've backed, particularly through Kickstarter and Indiegogo, have been disappointments or they arrive too late to solve the problem. Yes. Yes, so I've had that. in the early yeah. days when the Apple MacBook came out and it was that single USB-C port laptop and I had one and there was lots of people sort of building accessories for it because it came with a whole new set of problems with just one charging port, one data port all for one purpose. And I remember investing in a load of sort of Kickstarters for those kinds of things and they all landed about 12 months after the device landed by which point I got fed up with it and got rid of it because it, it was a rubbish laptop. I went through a phase of notebooks and stationery and all those kinds of things you know i'm sort of reasonably keen on that and nine times out of ten those were a disappointment because you're getting the first ever version of a product so mm. i'm very much with rafe now i've got an active contribution with indiegogo for more moo plugs mu and they are the folding sort of travel plugs like USB-C or usb plugs that um, quite a lot of us use in the uk to fold up and make the bulky three pin plug more palatable for travel They've had those products on the market, but literally today we got an email to say the pandemic has affected the factories in China and, and they're months right. behind and so on and so forth. I backed a pen from Studio Neat, the Neat One pen, which was lovely, but again, took ages to arrive and not quite as nice as promised. So I think really what I need to do is that plugin needs to sit at the top of Kickstarter that says, tell me when they've launched this product and the version two is in the shops and you can buy it. Because nine times out of 10, the products that I love go on to be made for sale generally anyway and yes. i should have just waited and the small saving for backing it early is rarely worth the risk of the fact that the product might be naff the only other product i call out is my wandered bag that mm. i talked about in previous shows that was a kickstarter backed product i don't think they're yet stocking those in the store but they are intending to so i would have just had to have been a bit more patient for that one but yes Kickstarter products are not real. <laughs> I'm curious sometimes as to whether or not um, those companies really need the money nowadays or whether they're using Kickstarter just as a marketing PR. campaign. Mm. Well, as we discussed about, uh, was that Lenovo? Or I think it was Lenovo was, yeah, launching yeah. some picture frames and they definitely don't need the money. So it was definitely promotional. But what about those sort of slightly smaller companies? Mm. Anyways, we should move on. I'd, I'd be really interested to hear what people are backing at the moment. Yes, Crowdfunding and Kickstarter, write in, let us know. And of course, that's going to make my problem worse because you're going to write in with a load of cool stuff that I really need to have. And <laughs> then it's going to be disappointing when it shows up. Okay, let's yes. move on. Uh, final topic of the day. Go Back on. to an old favorite. So I want you to recommend me an app, please. I'm always saying to people, write in, make contact with the show. Let us know if you've got any questions. And perennially, the question is, you know, what apps do you use? What's the best thing to do this? So I'm curious, like, what are, what are you using? Uh, let's do one app recommendation each no theme just something you think people would find useful so rafe blanford you're up first 
So I'm going to recommend a bit of a niche app. It's called Planter. That's P-L-A-N-T-A. Because I have been collating and adding houseplants during lockdown. He's been collating his plants. Did you hear that? The plants have been collated. Not collected, collated. Yes. Yeah, well, there's sort of some... Curating. Yeah, some curation going on. Excuse me, I'm sorry. You do need to... that. What? Look, that's almost out of your picture, this plant here. You need to sort this one out. The one that's over your shoulder, you know. It's meant to be like that. When you went to the restroom earlier, you know, you had to walk by it. You need to, you know, chip it or clip it. Okay, so when I haven't got urine to advise me on how to look after my plants, I need an app. Just saying. And what this does is allows you to add any plant to the database, and it does that through photo recognition, so you didn't even need to type in the name. So it's kind of using a bit of machine learning there. And then it will advise you on the watering schedule, when to add fertilizer, even to the extent of things like repotting and just care recommendations. And if you use it, it's quite helpful just to get that and you can get push notifications. So it can just become part of the plant care routine. And I've used it a little bit on and off. And sometimes I miss the kind of notifications or don't do things. But it has given me information about how regularly things should be watered. And then you can do kind of the finger test where you just dip your finger into the soil and see, okay, yes, it needs watering. But what I found most useful is keeping track of when I've done the fertilization and done plant food, essentially. And it also gives you a bit of care on whether it's okay to chop off leaves, do pruning and that kind of thing. Loads of that information is available online. And I bought some of my plants through a company called Patch and they have a web page that helps with all this and send useful emails. It was just having it all in one place and it was the plants that I have listed and then saying what I need to do to them. So there's a premium version with an in-app purchase, which I'm thinking about going forward just because it will take away a lot of the annoying things and add a few extra features. It's a high quality application. It's well put together. They've thought about the user journey through various stages. So if you're into your houseplants, there are a whole bunch of these and I'm going to try out some more. If I come across something else, I'll report back in the future. But that's my app recommendation for this episode. Just want to say, does it support Latin? Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> just wondering. Okay. Yeah. Just right. gives you the Latin for please feed your plant now. Uh, Rafe, is it just inside <laughs> houseplants? I think it also does outside plants as well, but I haven't actually tried it out. <laughs> haven't been outside so recently. So far, everything I've bought has been in the database, so I haven't had to add anything manually, but that probably reflects the fact I haven't got anything spectacularly exotic. Cool. You and McLeod, come yeah. on, your chance to recommend an app now. I'm looking for something exciting. Well, you said something that's really, really useful. And then I thought, oh, because the one I've prepared earlier is uh, Quibi. So I don't know if it's that useful to you necessarily, but if you are experiencing a bit of Netflix, uh, what's it? It's a tiredness. Fatigue. Fatigue, that's a better word. Yeah, Netflix fatigue. Do have a look at Quibi. Now, it's one of those services that launched i think is it meg whitman of ebay fame right and hewlett-packard fame as well isn't it and hp yeah. exactly she and oh is it not bob Iger, the other chap from disney or, or the like anyway big wigs big wigs got together raised a lot of money and have uh, set up quibi to offer bite-sized entertainment on mobile so seven eight minute episodes so their contention is that Yes, the, the 30 minutes, 40 minutes or one hour episodes that you get on other streaming platforms are okay, but shouldn't we reimagine the whole thing from the ground up to actually play on a portrait mode screen and also each episode be about seven, eight, nine minutes and for the story to be strong across seven, eight, nine minutes. And I thought, well, I'll try it. I'll try it. And actually, it is surprisingly good. So I'm not talking about the app. I'm, of course, talking about the content. They've got some high-profile stars and some really good, completely new shows that you've never heard of and some existing ones. So, uh, for example, the existing one, do you remember Reno 911? Yeah. I don't remember. It's, I, I, never I know the name. channel yeah. that was on. It was one of those comedy police thingies. That's been picked up, I think, by Quibi. So Quibi are, are now running those, but they're now nine-minute episodes. And it's surprising how much entertainment you can get in nine minutes you know you go oh wow that's one episode cool yeah i'll watch another one or no i won't so i think it's rather useful if you were commuting or if you do find yourself with a bit of time you're not going to have to sit and watch a whole episode you know a whole 40 50 minute thing i think the way they formatted it the way the shows have been written for this is rather um appealing i've been really enjoying it and some of their own stuff um there's one called dummy featuring anna kendrick she gets attached to a um a mannequin 
well, not a mannequin. A mannequin that's. I'm trying to think of how how you keep the uh, um, the rating on the show. You know, a, a mannequin that that um, that people play with. A mannequin friend. Mannequin friend. There we go. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we skirted that one uh, carefully. Didn't we? I thought we did very well there. Yeah. I thought. Well yeah, done cool. us. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. And then Kevin Hart is. Um, these that's a comedy. And then another comedy is uh, a series called Die Hart. You know, based on Die Hard, and it's Kevin Hart playing himself basically. Yeah, trying to be a diehard, um, what do you call it, um, movie star. I think Nish Kumar, who's one of my favourite oh, yes. British comedians, yes. he's got a show, I think Good Morning America, which is a bit like a kind of a, a John Oliver or a sort of um, one of those sort of late night comedy talk shows, but it's yes. pitched at a sort of a Brit looking at America. And mm. I'm not subscribed, but I've, I've watched some of the clips and that looks great. But actually, I've not been moved to subscribe yet because I haven't found that one show, you know. I'm intrigued. Well, how much is it costing you? Uh, no, I, oh gosh, I think it is. Is it seven or nine? <laughs> I shouldn't ask you this question because it's in your world. It's just some money, isn't it? No, no, no. Come on, I'm just trying to. I don't. What? It'll change subscription plan. Here we go. Ad free. It says I'm. I'm, I'm ad free. Okay. Uh, it's seven ninety nine pounds a month. Okay, so it's a sort of a Spotify kind of. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping it because, for example, I was sat with um, doing, helping one of the, the children get to sleep the other day, and it was actually quite useful. The AirPods on, just watching a, a seven minute video. Ah, oh, that's yeah, uh, really yeah. quite cool. Do have a look at it. Yeah, now, they, they're a little bit smart in how they do the sign up because they they kind of insist that you subscribe first, and you can cancel. So you know, if you want to have a look at it, you can free, uh, but make sure you cancel it if you if you're not a fan. But I, I've been running it play actually, running it run. It's it's pretty good. What about you then, Ben? What's your thing? Well, I'm going to be a bit more boring, actually. So you've been doing the entertainment. So one of the things I've been struggling with while working from home is like all of the stuff that I used to do to keep myself organized just doesn't work anymore. Mm, yeah. All the techniques, all the hacks, all whatever, because I'm not going to in-person meetings. So I'm not writing my yes. notes in my notebook anymore and I'm not taking photos of it. And, you know, the apps that I used with all my reminders and everything, I mean, they're fine. But actually, when I'm sat here... I'm having Zoom calls and things. I'm typing directly into the app and then that got filled up with too much stuff because I wasn't, you know, it's like you take a load of notes in I a do. meeting, I do. then you go yeah. and type up what your actions are, but you say like half of them, oh, that's irrelevant or I can rephrase that. And mm. like, I still have all of those things, but they're not working as well. And so one of the things I found that's new that is working for me fairly well is an app called Drafts. It's on Mac, it's on okay. iOS, and it's also on Watch. And in some respects, it's completely uninspiring. It's just a text editing app. You start it up, it just gives you a blank window and you can type words. But the nice thing here is I'm using it as kind of like a complicated kind of to-do list, like a journal or something like that. Because into this, I can start typing a note and it could be some things I've said I'm going to do in a meeting. It could be some phone numbers someone's just given me. It could be a quote that I'm writing often when I'm in meetings and someone says something, I'm like, oh, I'm going to write that down. Like there's a piece of information there or I, mm. they've made a commitment and I need to email them afterwards and say, in the meeting you said this, can you just confirm? Because yes. you know, we need to record that as like a key decision point or something. And so I love this because you know, fire up the app, bosh, new window, type, type, type. And then I can quickly make new notes. It synchronizes lightning fast everywhere. But what I've got now is like a kind of a to-do list of notes. I treat the notes as to-dos and then I can go back to them later. And the great thing is that Drafts has all these actions in it to do something with your text. The text doesn't live in Drafts. It goes somewhere else. Oh. So afterwards, I'll go back through perhaps the end of the day or later in the day. I'll go, right, that was an action. So Bosch, push that into my task manager. Bosch, that was an email. Push that forward. If I want to, I can publish something on Slack. That's pretty cool. If you want to, it has actions to send stuff to blog posts and social media mm. and those kinds of things. And you can write your own actions as well. It's, it's quite a complicated tool that you can sort of do all these various triggers and all the actions work on your iPhone and your iPad as well as the desktop. So, you know, it's really easy to do the same journey. And it's been around for years and I've sort of neglected it because it hasn't been that interesting. But I'm finding right now when kind of I don't have well-practiced techniques for managing all this new way of working Mm. it's been really nice to just be able to write a note and have it somewhere separate have it managed separately but then be able to do something with it because like my first couple of weeks of remote working i just had pages and pages of handwritten notes and i was going through going oh that's an action oh that's a diary entry i should make up oh that's a promise i've made somebody and it was all just it's just more work when you go through it it's just mixed up yeah and it was almost like i was having to do everything twice because you know i was having to go through and pick it all out and it was just 
I think I'd forgotten how many of the things I did to keep myself organized and to do work had become kind of learned habits. So mm. love drafts, check it out. And basically my aim is by the end of the day that my drafts is empty. That's a good idea. Because every one of yeah. those notes or records I've written, I've done something with. Now I might have just pumped it into my to-do list and said, that's something I have to do, you know, schedule it later. But the point is I've consciously, you know, reviewed it and put it in there and it's been really nice. So check that out. And um, again, it's a small indie developer. So there's also that sort of warm feeling of having supported a firm that makes, you know, good creative software. It's nice. I would never have gone looking for it if it hadn't been recommended to me. You know, it's one of those things where you don't know you need it till you give it a try. That's my recommendation. Very smart. We'll put links to all of those things in the show notes. That was good. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Obviously, love to get your feedback. Mm. What are you crowdfunding? What apps would you recommend particularly? Are there any apps that you're finding more useful if your life has changed now, if you're working from home like many of us are, or perhaps your travel arrangements have changed, so on and so forth? I have an alert that fires at 6.30 every day that says, do you want to see if your uh, train trip home is disrupted? And <laughs> like, no, I haven't been on a train in nearly six months, but <laughs> there's some nostalgia value. I look at it and go, oh, do you remember trains? <laughs> <laughs> didn't ever like it, but I found myself nostalgic for these, you know, kind of horrible London commuter trains. Can I ask, uh, have we had any um, any reviews? I haven't seen any email things pop up. So the episode that we talked about our new review robot actually hasn't aired as we record this. So okay, so no. no, we haven't. But what we can do is we can repeat it to say we've got a special new podcast reviews robot. So if you go to 361 Podcast or if you just go into iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and write a review, the likelihood is that our robot will find it and will tell us all about it and we'll share it on Twitter and we'll say thank you to you. And uh, if it's funny, I mean, especially if it's critical and funny, <laughs> we'll enjoy it even more. So if you'd like to help me test my new software, my new code, which is running on Zapier, actually, zapier.com, yes. which is like, if this, then that for grown-ups, I think. Yes. Then please leave us a review. Tell us that I've chosen the wrong platform or I'm a git or something and, uh, you know, Put it in the podcast review and it'll come through to us and we'll all get a lovely email and we can share it on the social medias. As ever, love to hear from listeners. Thank you very much for everyone who um, emails in. I'll, um, one or two emails that came in are outstanding, but uh, I'll get back to everyone in due course. You can find us at 361podcast on Twitter, 361podcast.com. There's a form there you can fill in to send us an email if you want to send us a private message or you can leave us a comment underneath any of the shows. Right then. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Always a pleasure to speak to you. We're doing a one question, three answers episode next week yes Rafe yeah. Blanford we will be talking Quel topic all about is 5G worth it we've had so many questions about 5G and we'll be trying to answer them all in one show but the headline question will be is 5G worth it and so uh, tune in probably just in time for us to announce that it isn't just as every phone manufacturer on the planet starts selling 5G handsets so <laughs> more on that next episode we'll be back in about a week and a bit bye bye can't really hear you that well still, Rafe. No. Given that my audio is buttery smooth. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thanks for that, Mark. Keep going, Mark. Keep going. Keep bleeping him out as well. I've been talking to Mark in the week and we're going to do a complete re-EQ on, uh, on all three of what? us now. So Okay. As long as I'm better than Blamford, it doesn't really matter. I'll send you Mark's bank details. <laughs> that will seal the deal. If- <laughs> Just send it over and we'll, exactly. we'll sort something out, Mark. Just yeah. Mystery cash arriving. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, Rafe's looking bright and vibrant and engaged. He's got some uh, gelled hair here. He's got styled hair. Have you left the house, Rafe Blanford? Have you dressed up for somebody else other than us? No. No, just us. No gel, no dressing up, no leaving the house. Yeah, but it does look as though he's gelled it. That's Mm. Or waxed it. I just think it looks more executive. I just think his body is now naturally exuding executive hair. Yeah. It does happen, Rafe. I can can, uh, (laughs) attest. See if I can find you one more joke. Yep. I feel like there should be a joke somewhere. Go on and stick one in. Just waiting for my thing to load. Mm-hmm. Looking for my message from from the funny person I know. Oh. Rafe, say something inspiring while we're waiting for him to find a non-inspiring joke. Why did a chicken cross the playground? The know. Because it wanted to get to the other slide. Oh, oh that's good. Very good. Oh, there you go. Um, from my friend Tom. He's put a message here. It says, Siri kept calling me Shirley this morning. I was getting really annoyed until I realized I'd left my phone in airplane mode. That's uh, good. That is that's good. good. That's I like good. That. I do like any reference to airplane. My friend keeps setting fire to Belgian detectives. He's a poor Romaniac. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. How many ears did Spock have? Oh, come on now. Yeah, go on. The right ear, the left ear, and the final frontier. All right. Let's move on then. What do you call a three-legged sheepdog? Jeez, is there no end? Yeah. Collie wobble. <laughs> okay. Went into the butchers. I said, can I have a pound of sausages, please? And he said, it's kilos these days, sir. I said, all right, can I have a pound of kilos, please? <sighs> Tough crowd. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just... Yeah, uh, maybe Mark is laughing. Uh, no, I think probably it's about two o'clock in the morning. He's looking at this nonsense on his screen and he's wondering why he signed up for this and what he has to do to get out of it. <laughs> What's a pirate's favourite letter? Ah. Oh. Well, you'd think that, but the true love is the seven seas. Very good. All right, then. Shall we start this show so we can end it? I think that I would be pleased if we did. <laughs> Thank you. What time is it in Amman? It's 10 31 p.m. You've got nothing better to do with your time at the 10.31 on a weekday evening than talk to us. Don't make out like you're rushed. I think I'd just be relaxing, I think. Meditating. The idea of you meditating amuses me a lot. Why? What's wrong with that? Don't meditate, shame me. I've seen you sit still and be quiet for (laughs) more than 30 consecutive (laughs) seconds. Okay, should we do an introduction then? Yep. It is 11.25, which is awesome. Are we going to take another 35 minutes to do this one? No. I think it's Rafe Bamford's turn to do the introduction. It is. Yeah. Have you been making notes? No, I'm just going to do it off the cuff, Ben style. <sighs> Zero, take Blanford. Let's try it. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. going to look at you as I do it because that will just put me off. Okay. Who would like to go second? Oh, I'm, I'll go the last. I'm always the last, don't worry. All right. I'll go second, but yeah, yeah. I'm excited that he's, listeners, he's literally taking a run up. Do you have to take your shirt off, though? Gosh. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think it shows commitment. Yeah. It shows commitment, Blackford. All right, all right. No, no, stop, stop. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Watch that plan. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. The latest Apple news, what we're crowdfunding, and providing some app recommendations. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, do it one more time and just, just do it. Almost like just pretend as it was something you enjoyed doing and that you'd like people to listen to. I'm overacting with a requirement. <laughs> no, we've been pretending to like himself for nine years. Come on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile technology and the world around it. Which one? Which one? Because we've got the quest, the one without all the cables and everything. Yeah, so it's the same as that. It's like a standalone VR thing. What can you do with it? Uh, that's what I'm just looking at. Oh, it, it is actually very good. It is very good, the Quest. We've had it and the children love it. The trouble is it, it, it does something to their mind, you know. <laughs> I just, I mean. It's great fun, but it melts the children's brain, but it is great fun. <laughs> what do you say to a comment like that? Three, two, one, stop. <laughs>